Welcome to Geek 5 Live. Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville, The Flash, and the Justice League, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. Yes, indeed you are. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, nerds, and I don't know who else would be listening to this show, but whatever. <laughs> Welcome to episode 46 of Geek Vibes Live. Yes, I actually counted, and I know this is episode 46. Welcome. Um, we have a great show. Uh, we also have a newcomer, so this is going to be a lot of fun. So let me stop wasting time and let's get into me introducing my co-host. Uh, let's start off with Kanan. What's going on, Kanan? Not much. It's another great weekend and, uh, I can't wait to talk, um, lots of different topics with y'all today. All right. Kanan definitely forgot what the topics were. And (laughs) let's introduce Nick. What's going on, Nick? What's up, man? I got to call BS on that 46 number. I, I think we've done way more than 46 shows. I don't know what Kanan's you know thoughts on this are, but. You know what's crazy? I, as I went through the list, because uh, I went through iTunes to, to count how many shows we've had, we have yeah. taken an insane amount of breaks. <laughs> and then the fillers <laughs> are a lot of our, our interviews. So I didn't count the interviews. I only counted our actual episodes. And it's 46. It's 46. I still um, I still feel like that number is wrong, but we'll go with it. That's fine. <laughs> I tell you what, if if it is wrong, I'm going back to what I used to do and just say this is episode. Who cares? Because at that point, I, I'll I'll have proven I can't even count, uh, and I don't doubt <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> uh, but also welcoming a newcomer to the Geek Vibes family and to the Geek Vibes Live show, Gavin. What's going on, Gavin? Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here. Glad to be a part of the team. Absolutely, and we are glad to have you. So without further ado, let's get things started. Uh, We got some news from Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, a guy I am really happy to always get news from, a great actor. Uh, Always love to see what he's doing. Uh, He dropped a little news for us. Uh, He was asked during an interview about the rumblings about him possibly being up for Batman if Ben Affleck were to still drop out. He then replied pretty much uh, to make a a long story a little less long, said no, he is not playing Batman. And what I took from that is, yeah, because Ben is still Batman. So, I mean, it's like technically you're right, you're not Batman because we have one. But if he were to drop out, he he being Ben Affleck – I'm pretty sure uh, John Hamm or Jake Gyllenhaal should be the only two choices uh, that that we have to, to go with as far as our, our Bruce Wayne slash Batman. But Kanan, our resident DC analyst and executive, um, tell <laughs> us, what are your thoughts on Jake Gyllenhaal uh, denying the rumors of him being Batman? Well, is uh, Joaquin Phoenix still kind of denying that he's playing the Joker even though Everybody has already said that he is. So, I mean, maybe this is just him kind of uh, squashing the rumor for the time being, you know, until they actually announce it. Or maybe he's not. I mean, I honestly would love for Ben to come back and 
Um, some people that were at the Fan Expo in Dallas that met him uh, came away uh, pretty confident that, you know, Ben was going to stick around. Um, I think, you know, there's going to, I think there's going to be some time in between for him to kind of relax. And uh, uh, we know that he's filming a, uh, a film for Netflix, I believe. Uh, so he's, you know, he's working on another project right now. And I, I think that'll be good for him. I think Ben just needed a break. I think he was kind of, uh, you know, kind of cornered with this whole Batman thing. I think he was under a lot of pressure. Uh, so I would love for, for Ben to stay on as Batman. Now, if he were to leave, um, I think Jake could step in and do a good job. Um, but I, I don't think we need to try and recast uh, Batman until we know for sure that Ben doesn't want to play the character and uh, in a way this is kind of this is good uh, to get the attention off Jake and you know kind of squash those rumors and you know we'll just wait and find out what happens with Ben and go from there yeah I completely agree with you and the biggest thing uh, that pops up in my mind is it, it, it's always funny because in Hollywood, you're always told not to disclose things. Like if you're supposed to be up for a role or you know something's coming your way, you deny it. But then you have mm-hmm. a situation like we swore up and down Army Hammer was, was going to be Green Lantern, only for Army Hammer at every chance he got to say, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. No one has called me. No one has, has said anything to me. Um, you know, I would love to do it, but no one has said anything to me about it. So when you look at it, you're kind of like, all right, is this one of the things where Jake's just playing coy? Kind of like exactly the example you gave Kanan with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Phoenix. Uh, cause we definitely know he's definitely probably Joker unless he turns it down at, at some point. Um, but then you do have the situations to where it's like you could, uh, Jake could be an army hammer to where he has not been approached about it because we still have our Batman. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, what I take from uh, what I was hearing about Ben from that, uh, that expo, whatever that he was at, is there's no one on this planet outside of Ben Affleck who knows whether or not he wants to still be Batman. So anytime someone says, I saw him at the expo, he looked super happy, he looked like he loved being Batman, that's what we said last time. And then it came out that it was like we may still be losing him. So, to me, it's one of those uh, things where it's like I'm just playing wait and see, but I kind of need this to be over with, either stay or, or, or go. Uh, but, Gavin, from everything me and Kanan just said, Kanan being the executive for DC, um, what are your <laughs> thoughts on Jake Tur- uh, pretty much either playing coy or being 100% honest by saying he, uh, he's not up uh, to be uh, our next Batman? Well, to be honest with you, the last thing I saw Jake Gyllenhaal in was Sunday in the Park with George on Broadway. So he didn't really resemble Batman in that play whatsoever. I never really got the Batman vibe from him at all, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I, I Like you said, I think the only person that really knows what's going on right now um, is Ben. And um, I'm probably not popular in this opinion, but I don't like him as Batman anyway. Um seeing that DC is moving into a lot of a, a kind of a comedic direction, um, you know, with, they did, they did the flash very well. Um, I think that, you know, you have somebody who's kind of that um, suave who can play serious, but comedic. I mean, 
you mentioned it before, John Hamm would be a perfect replacement should Ben say no, um, you know, and back out. But I think with the downtime, with the ability to step away from the role a little bit and kind of reflect on the past, um, you know, movies he's been in, uh, in that role, I think that, uh, you know, I think ultimately the decision will be that he comes back, how long he comes back um, and, and retains that role, who knows. But I don't think you're going to be seeing Ben step away from uh, being Bruce Wayne and Batman anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest issue I have is what I don't want Ben to do if he does decide to come back is one of those things where it's like, because we know the DCEU uh, universe wants to be here as long as, you know, for as long as Marvel's currently been around. Like, they're looking at the longevity of things. So if you're Ben, you can't play the one foot in, one foot out to where it's like, yeah, I'll come back, but, like, for three movies. All right, well, you're Batman. We kind of need Batman more than just three movies. So if he can't commit to that, I just would prefer him to be honest and say, I don't want to do this, guys. So then we can make the transition that we need to make, get a John Hammond or get a Jake Gyllenhaal in and just be done with it. Um, but it, it is, it, it is, I won't say an unpopular opinion because I don't know the opinion of the masses, but I will say, Gavin, I almost muted you uh, with, with you saying you <laughs> like Ben as, uh, as Batman. It wasn't for the I fact that you were new. I definitely would have hit that mute button. No, but go ahead. What are you saying, Gavin? I, I'm I'm coming out and stirring the pot quick. Um, no, I I, I, just, I I think that um, when I picture Batman, right, I I picture class and I picture um, I, I don't really picture the quiet type, which is the sense that I've gotten from Ben in the last two movies I've seen him as Batman. He's kind of that quiet, reserved, disturbed side of Batman, and I think that that's where DC and Marvel. Differentiate is Marvel has um, grown accustomed to the lighter side and, and kind of uh, feeling out the darker side, but not completely diving into it. Whereas DC has just gone, you know, with the with the weird dreams and and the darkened past. And I know that's part of the storyline, but it's almost like it's too much. You know what I mean? Um, the Batman that I'm used to seeing is is kind of the Christian Bale Batman. Like that to me was the epitome of what that character should be. Um, And with Ben, it's just a little too dark and dreary. And and, I mean, he almost comes across as shy, which is odd for that role. Well, I will say before I pass it. Oh, no, I I understand. Before uh, before I pass it to you, Nick, I will say um, I felt as though he was poorly written. Uh, in Justice League. Oh, sure. I felt like there wasn't a clear-cut idea on exactly who they wanted Batman to be. You had him serious in the beginning and then bumbling and making the most idiotic jokes toward uh, the end of the movie. Um, but I will say, in, in whole, Zack made it very clear who he wanted his Batman to be, which was the Dark Knight Returns, which is a very right. dark Batman. Uh, right. And I feel as though that Batman with his list of villains, is a perfect fit. Because to me, I, I, I kind of didn't really like the, the, the difference between uh, Christian Bale's Batman and Heath Ledger's Joker. I kind of felt like I wanted my Batman to be more of that type that, that is broken, you know, that, right. that has lost his faith in not only society, but just how things get done. And, you know, sure. he kind of has to change himself a little bit. 
So I always thought that was great. And the way Zach set up this Batman world, I would love for Matt Reeves to dig into his hat, pull out an Adam Driver scarecrow, and give us just a horror kind of feel of a movie between those two. I think that would be classic uh, between the two of those actors uh, in a movie like that. But I do respect and understand where you're coming from. Uh, I know a lot of people that prefer uh, the feel Bale's Batman gave uh, compared to the one Ben's did. Uh, but Nick, well, and, out of everything that, oh, go ahead, Gavin. I was gonna say, and like you said, that's just poor, poor writing, right? And in it's poor yeah. direction because, I mean, ultimately decide where you want to go. You have the serious side of Batman, um, you know, the the dark side of Batman that, um, you know, that you need to explore with these villains, like you said. But then, on the other hand, you know, determine whether or not you want to explore the humor side and stick to that, or whether you want to be dark and stick to that, like make it a horror intense experience or make it similar to what Marvel is that has driven so much success. And you kind of have to decide which one you can't exactly blend the two. Um, And I think that that's the fault in the casting and the writing and things like that. So yeah, that's kind of the, the direction that um, I guess I'm going with the, uh, the whole Batman Ben Affleck thing. Yeah, no, I completely understand. Uh, Out of everything that's been said, Nick, uh, what are your thoughts and what are your thoughts on uh, Jake uh, pretty much saying no to him being Batman? Man, I kind of just want to, like, let Kanan have a retort to all of that, like, Ben bashing, (laughs) but but that that could just lead us down, like, a rabbit hole that we never come out of. Uh, So... um, just my thoughts in general on, uh, on Jill and Hall saying, no, I'm kind of with Kanan. Like, I think, uh, like, of course he's going to say that because I mean, nothing is set in stone with what's going on with Ben yet. Um, and even if there is some kind of like quid pro quo deal behind the scenes where it's like, yeah, like Ben's going to leave, but like, we want you to be Batman. Like they want to announce it when they're ready to announce it. Um, so I don't, I don't really think I take it with a grain of salt. Um, that being said, like, you know, I, I've always been more of a John Hamm guy. You know this, Juwan. Um, I, I think he would be uh, kind of my more ideal replacement uh, for Ben Affleck if Affleck doesn't want to do it. That being said, um, I like I, – I definitely think Ben Affleck is r- really good as Batman. I, I do agree – um, on some level with Gavin, as far as the writing being suspect, um, I just, I don't think Zack Snyder's a great writer. Like, I think he's, like, really good at cinematography and really good at, like, uh, like having picturesque uh, moments and, and, and moments that stick out in your mind and full, feel like they're pulled right off a comic book page. Um, I think he's great at that kind of stuff. Um but as far as, like, some of the more basic elements of executing as a director, I feel like, you know, he struggles at times. Um, you know, it, it really what it boils down to to me is uh, I definitely agree that, like, um, and I, I'm pretty sure I, even Kanan would agree with me here, that uh, Justice League definitely felt like two different movies, you know, put into one. And so it, it, it made it hard for that humor to come across blended with what Snyder had set up. I don't feel like it's impossible, though. Like, there are, there are very um, distinct moments of humor within the um, Nolan verse. Uh, it's just subtle. 
Um, and that's kind of like what it has to be. It has to be like there has to be a subtlety to it. Um, I don't think that they should make the mistake of, of saying, well, Marvel's successful, so we need to do what Marvel's doing. Um, I, like, I, I think there is some subtlety that can be had, and you can still rely more on your dramatic elements than your comedic elements, uh, which I feel like uh, basically you don't have to be as comedic as Marvel. You can still have moments of levity, which I think is a lot of what BVS was missing. Uh, and then with Justice League, you had a little too much levity. Um, but there's there's a blend to be had there. Uh, and I, I, I think, I mean, I, I really do think, um, uh, I'm sorry, his name escapes me, the guy, the guy who did Apes, who's rumored to direct uh, the new trilogy. Um, anyway, I, I definitely think he can pull it off. Like, he's the kind of guy who has the acumen, I think, to, to pull it off. And I would love to see Ben stay on. I really would. I, I think it, it's just a bummer because he was, like, the, the, the crowning achievement, the, like, one thing that I feel like most people actually enjoyed from BBS, um, like, his acting as the character, not maybe not the way the character was portrayed, but the way he – what he was able to do with what was on that script um, was was utterly amazing. Uh, and and I, I would agree with Justice League. Um, he almost took a step backwards. Uh, like Batman is, is, like Gavin said, funny in his subtleties. Uh, he's not. He doesn't make one-liners and things like that. He has these kind of subtle dick moments to where you know he's, you know, throwing shots at the other team where they don't even realize it. You know, uh, little things like that are what make Batman's humor so great. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's a classic, almost kind of a classic case of uh, Joss Whedon was so focused on trying to, you know, quote unquote, get Superman right that he kind of missed the forest through the trees for Batman. Um, but nevertheless, as far as as far as all the news, I, uh, I if if Joe Hall is out, I, I doesn't, it's not going to bug me. Um, I wasn't ever super opposed to the idea, but I never like I, I never was like super sold on it either. Um, I would much rather have John Hamm. Yeah. Uh, before I respond to what you said, Nick, Kanan, uh, our executive, uh, did you want to um, respond to uh, anything Gavin said or anything that Nick said? Uh-oh. Uh, no, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I don't – I mean, if Gavin doesn't I – mean, if he doesn't really feel for Ben Affleck like a lot of people do, I mean, I understand because, you know, I, I think – a lot of people still didn't really get a chance to get past Christian Bale's Batman. Um, and I just got, you know, and actually I just got the 4k dark Knight trilogy and, you know, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I, even I really didn't get past it. I do think Ben Affleck is a great Batman. Uh, I think Christian Bale was a, a really good Batman. I still love Michael Keaton as Batman. And I think it's just, you, you know, you take, uh, you know, a little bit from each one and, and that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to knock anybody for, you know, for, you know, disliking or like, you know. But as far as uh, what Nick was saying, yeah, Nick is Nick is right about Justice League. Uh, that movie, there's very few moments that felt Zack Snyder-ish. The uh, Justice League versus Superman part um, felt like a Zack Snyder film. The, the ending with Deathstroke and Lex was very Zack Snyder. But the rest felt like, it felt like a Frankenstein movie. 
they took certain parts that Snyder did shoot and then added in a lot of stuff that Whedon uh, reshot. And, you know, it wasn't terrible, but it, it it just did not have the same feel. And you know I defend Batman v Superman. I think the Ultimate Edition is very good. I do not think that the DC movies have to have the same humor and tone that Marvel does. Uh, I think Man of Steel is one – is. Uh, you know, as far as comic book movies go, I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's the best Superman movie ever made. Uh, I think it's one of the best films. Uh, in my opinion, it's the best DCEU film uh, made. Um, but um, I think that, you know, you know, so like what Nick said, that that's fine, you know, that's right. But, I mean, other than that, I know what y'all's opinions are, and that's fine. Uh, you can't knock anybody, you know, for that. Don't Like I said, the only thing I can hope is is that uh, they move forward. I'd like for Ben to stay because I think continuity will be huge uh, going forward. I don't think they need to lose stars and introducing someone else as Batman, um, you know, could hurt. But I do think that we're going to see a change, and I think it's going to be for the better. I don't think it's going to be super drastic. Um, and I think people will be happy with it, and we're going to find out in December with Aquaman. Yeah, uh, I, I, a lot about that. Uh, that movie right now, I just, I'm like, I, I need you guys to do something. Give us a visual, give us a teaser, something. I know come Comic-Con we'll get all that that we want from, from Aquaman. Uh, but I told you guys, to me, the biggest thing of uh, about Warner Brothers and these DC movies is their marketing. And their marketing has not been great uh, with their movies. And I know and we're too far expensive. out to... Yeah. Yeah, I, and I know like we're, we're like bang for your buck, it has not been great, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, we're we're way too early to be worrying about their marketing about a movie that comes out in December, but it is something for Warner Brothers to kind of want to focus in on a little bit more. I mean, almost everywhere I look is is something about Infinity War, so I kind of need that to be what what the feel is uh, come come Aquaman uh, in December. But we spent a lot of time on this uh, because I'm, we're all super passionate about what we'd like <laughs> to go right for DC. Uh, but let's move on. Let's go into a little bit of trailer talk. Uh, we got two new trailers this week. Uh, not this week, this past week, sorry. Um, yeah, I guess I was kind of right. Whatever. Anyway, uh, we got some two pretty good trailers, I guess. Uh, first one up, uh, we can talk Incredibles 2. I... Uh, I saw that trailer, and I had to watch it again. I thought it was okay. I'm not as hyped to see this movie as I was before seeing the trailer. Uh, I think my hype was mainly because it's been so long. So I was like, just to see these characters back on the screen, it's going to be so much fun. And then when I got this trailer, I was just like, I'm still going to go see it, but didn't really knock my socks off like I was hoping it would. Uh, But Nick... Um, I'll go with you. Did Incredibles sure. 2 trailer, this new trailer, did it knock your socks off, or are you kind of the same as you were before uh, you saw the trailer? Well, as you know, Joanne, I've yet to see the first one. Um, which that is was, true. Was, I keep forgetting. Was blasphemous, <laughs> was blasphemous on uh, our, our, our page, on the Geek Vibes Nation Facebook page. Um, I caught a lot of shit for that. Uh, which is fine. Like it's it's not a big deal, and and it wasn't. Nobody was was uh, you know overtly uh, mean about it or anything. They were just you know like how have you not seen it? 
Um, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm 29 years old when it came out. I was not into, you know, watching those kind of movies. Um, and so I just, it, it just slipped, slipped past me and I never watched it. Um, but watching this trailer, um, I mean, it looks fun. It looks cute. Uh, it, it didn't wow me. Um, like I, 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 Definitely think after watching the trailer, I'm like, it, it kind of made me be like, okay, I probably should go back and watch it, um, you know, watch the first one. Um, but, I mean, as far as, like, you know, where the characters left off, I don't know. Um, so I don't know, like, what the, the backdrop of everything is. But I will say this, it, it was an interesting dynamic with the, you know, the mom's got to go out and, and crime fight while the dad stays home and tries to, I guess, police the kids. Uh, and they obviously seem anxious to get out there and help, and he's, you know, kind of has that, no, you're going to stay home, and we're going to, you know, look after this baby, uh, you know, all that all that jazz. Um, so, I mean, it looks cute. It doesn't look like anything that is, that would, like, just wow me. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's made for kids, and I'm not a kid, so I, I wouldn't expect it to wow me. And, I, you know, I would expect that, you know, people who were, you know, uh, 90s babies, you know, or, or, you know, kids, like young kids when they watch the first one, uh, they, they're they probably way more hyped on it than I am, and that's totally understandable. Yeah, I mean, and to what you were saying, the the first one was kind of the, the polar opposite. The dad was out uh, – you know, uh, crime that's fighting what I, while the mom was That's home. what I figured. Yeah. 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 So, it, it, so it's a really good threat. dynamic. Right. So it's a really yeah. cool dynamic to get them to, to flip it. So, you know, it's not always the woman has to be home while the man's out doing the right. fun stuff. Like, no, this it's time the mom meta. gets to have some fun. Right. Right. Which is always yeah. good. Uh, it yeah. shows growth and you want growth in, in films that are like 30 years apart from each other is what it feels like the first and the second one were. Um, but Gavin, uh, what did you get from that Incredibles two trailer? Uh, you know, I, I I watched it as a kid and loved it. Would watch it multiple times, um, almost kind of like I do Marvel movies now. Uh, so you know, it, it was it was great for me growing up. Um, you know, uh, as far as this trailer, I, I liked the I, the aspect of the mom going out and and really being the focal point of the crime fighting superhero world. Uh, that's a cool aspect. Um, you know, and I think that's kind of Disney's read on the direction that society is moving in, which I think is a good, uh, a good direction. Um, I think that um, you still get the basic feel from each character, you know, the, um, the mom, you know, calling in and checking on her kids and uh, the dad not, you know, kind of stumbling and bumbling through and not really being sure uh, exactly how to to be the father or having to catch up from, you know, learning about childhood or learning about being a parent. And, you know, uh, you have uh, uh, – his name is escaping me uh, – Dash, um, who's kind of that uh, sassy, smart-ass kind of kid. Um, so, I mean, all of the dynamics are still there. It still feels like an Incredibles movie. And I think, really, for the sequel, that's all you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I will say the biggest thing that I took from, from this trailer is uh, I do think at some point we need an animated uh, short or film or something. 
I kind of want to see Baby Groot and Jack Jack just going on like the most dopest adventures ever. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that'd be like the coolest thing to watch. Um, but Kanan, uh, what did you get from the Incredibles two trailer? And do you agree that Baby Jack Jack and Baby Groot deserve uh, a movie together, animated, not live action? Uh, no, they don't deserve a movie together. Let's let's uh, not well, you make suck. let's not mix the the, <laughs> the two. Uh, but as far as the trailer goes, um, yeah, the, I mean, the trailer was all right. I mean, it had, it had some humor and, you know, kind of showed a little bit more about what the film's going to be about. Um, I didn't really need this trailer to, you know, justify me seeing this movie, uh, because I'm going to, it's just, I'm, I'm not really like hyped for this movie. It's not like I'm sitting there counting down the days to, to watch this movie like I am with Infinity War, uh, because I kind of feel like this movie is... Uh, maybe 10 years too late. Um, I know that the first one came out in 2004, uh, so it's really 14 years. Uh, but I feel like four years would have been okay, like 2008 they could have had a sequel. But you wait 14 years to have a sequel? I don't understand it when, you know, your first Incredibles was such a great movie. Um, you know, it warranted a, a second film, and you wait this long to, to bring it out. It's, you know, it's going to do great, um, but, you know, the the crowd that was there um, for the first one, you know, are they going to be there for the second? You know, sometimes you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, I've waited 14 years. I can wait three months and catch it on digital, or I can catch it on Blu-ray or something. So, you know, I just, I don't know if the hype's there for it, um, like there are other films that Disney has coming out this year. But it was a, you know, it was an okay trailer. Um you know, like I said, nothing well, great, but it does go into a little bit about what the story is going to be about, and it really looks like it picks up immediately after, uh, or not too far after the first uh, Incredibles, which is crazy because I kind of wish they would have aged it a little bit, and Jack Jack would be, you know, maybe three, four, or something like that, you know, kind of like more developed in his powers instead of him being a baby. So it's like The Simpsons; they just nobody ages. No, I, I, I would just from. say, I, go ahead, Nick. I I would just say like I, I will. I do think like people who saw this movie as like a ten, eleven, twelve year old like m- might be inclined to take their kids to see it. You know, for all the people who right. had kids at a younger age, I think that's kind of what they're banking on as far as box office draw is the only thing I was I going to ask. Also, they, they they understand that uh, a lot of us are adults now, and we might not have the same interests now as we did then. They're, they're not banking on us. They're banking on uh, kids. They're banking on kids. I mean, Cars had, like, Cars 2, Cars 3, Cars animated show. I remember seeing the first Cars. I definitely had no interest in Cars 2, Cars 3, or anything else that they were doing with that franchise. Um, so they well, know, I mean, they know and how I, to play. And- yeah, and I will, and I will say this. You know, I, I could be way off base because uh, Finding Dory came out. I don't know how many years after Finding Nemo, uh, and it did over a billion dollars at the box office. So I mean, wh- what do I know? I mean, this movie could make one point five billion dollars, and you know, Disney's like, hey, our brand is behind it, and our brand sells. So I mean, you you never know. I mean, it could. I, I think it's still going to be a huge movie. It's just me personally, I, the hype's not there like it would have been uh, four years after the first one came out. 
Yeah, no, that I agree Agreed. with you on. And yeah. I'd say it's even stranger because of Finding Dory. The way Finding Nemo ended, I didn't need a part two of that. Like, that first one was good enough. I didn't need a part two. Same thing with Lion King. I didn't need a part two. You ended that perfectly. So it's one of those things where it's like a Finding Dory could do that, that much, you know, you know, that many years after Finding Nemo. I'm pretty sure Incredibles mm-hmm. will be okay. Uh, with where they'll be at in the uh, in the box office. A lot of kids will come out and see that. And like Nick said, a lot of us that might have kids might, you know, feel inclined to go take our kids to go see it. Don't um, no, us shit to this. <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot of people who might have kids. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, don't have like, I hope I don't uh, have any yeah. kids. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it would be a blessing to the world that I there's not more Jawans out there. Um, but let's move on. Um, we have Ocean's 8 to talk about. That trailer literally did nothing for me. I am not a fan of taking a franchise and instead of making a movie completely of its own with an all-female cast, no. You want to take a cast we've already seen, you know, not a cast, but a story we've already seen before and take the men out and just add women. I hate that. Just make a more original <laughs> movie uh, with women. Like, perfect example, and then I'll go, in, uh, I'll go to, to you, Kane, and first and see what your thoughts on Ocean's 8 is. Excuse me. I don't know if you guys seen the movie Girls Trip with Jada Pinkett, Queen Latifah, Tiffany Haddish. That movie is almost identical to The Hangover. But it's it's a completely different story, a completely different telling, and it's an all-female cast. But by no means is that movie that much different than The Hangover. But I appreciate that instead of them doing Hangover but with four women instead. Like, to me, I've always hated the idea of it. Just be more original. We we don't need to see an Ocean's 8 with all – like, just make a more organic and more original story with an all-female cast. Uh, but Kanan, a- am I way off base? Are you excited for this movie, or or do you think that they should kind of just be more original with uh, their, their storytelling? Um, I'm not. So I'm not upset with that. Um, just for the fact that it, this is a it's a spinoff, but um, this is using Danny Ocean's sister, so it's really the same family. Um, you know, the Sandra Bullock is uh, Danny Ocean's sister in the movie. So it kind of runs in the family. So I, I kind of like that, that they both have, um, you know, robbery in, in their in their blood. And I love this cast. I mean, they went out and got some great females uh, for this film. And I love heist films. I love both. I love all three Ocean movies. Uh, I thought they were some of the best movies um, ever made. And any time they come on TV, I sit and watch them. It doesn't matter if it's in the middle of it or or whatever. I, I watch them. I, I just I love them. I think they have great cast. And uh, there's going to be cameos. Uh, I won't say who, but there are going to be a couple of cameos from the Ocean's movies uh, that will be in this. Um, so it all it all kind of ties in, and I think it could even lead to a. Um, a mashup of the two of seeing uh, uh, George Clooney and Sandra Bullock, you know, in an Oceans movie. Um, this isn't. I don't think this is going to be anything like the Ghostbusters with all female cast. I I've heard from people that have seen an early cut of this film, and they say that this could be a sleeper hit uh, of 2018. Um, so I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I thought the uh, the trailer was okay. 
Um, it had a little bit more humor, uh, kind of, I think it was a little bit, in my opinion, a little spoilerish. Um, I won't go into details about what I think uh, is spoilered, but I, I think there's going to be a twist involving uh, the heist. But, uh, no, I mean, I thought this trailer, uh, you know, was really good. It, it sold me on it a little bit more, and, uh, you know, I'm excited for it. Well, all right. Uh, I will say I was a huge fan of the Pacino one. Uh, I really did enjoy that one. So <clears throat> I don't know if I'd say they're some of the best movies ever made, but I definitely right. think that they're they're pretty good movies. Uh, I won't knock you on that. Uh, but, Nick, uh, after seeing the trailer, what are your thoughts on Ocean's 8? And are you do you agree with me that they should stop just doing the same kind of story or same idea or same franchise? And just stripping a gender out and replacing it with another. I well, first things first. They're, they're not some of the best movies ever made, in my opinion. Um, but they're solid popcorn flicks. Well, okay. Like, you know, you said you love heist movies, and you thought they were some of the best movies ever made. So I guess I'm extrapolating that you meant they were some of the best heist movies ever made. Is that what you were? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. To me, they're some of the okay. best. Heist movies ever made. That's what I mean. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. Okay. That makes that that makes a lot more sense. Fair um, enough. Yeah, they, and I would give I would give it that. I mean, as far as a franchise, I mean, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the second or third one. Like the second one, I, I think third one's like a little better than the second one, but not much. The first one was great though. Um, like it, just the, the cast and how they interact with one another kind of reminds me of like like how they interact with one another on film reminds me of all of the behind the scenes shots that we see with all the uh, MCU people like interacting behind the scenes. Like they just seem like they get along so well um, and they just interact with each other so well. Uh, and so like, I will totally um, it, it say that the, the chemistry between that cast seems great. Um, as far as your question, Juan, um, I I don't disagree with you in the sense of I wish Hollywood would be more original um, because we've proven that that can be successful in the last couple of years. I mean, Get Out was one of the biggest movies of last year. It, I mean, it won Best Original Screenplay and made millions upon millions of dollars. And it was remarkable. Like, like it, it the way that they were able to uh, basically make that film and market that film and, and build it and make it such a success was was simply incredible. Uh, it, so, I mean, that, that kind of thing proves that it can be done. Um, uh, the uh, new John Krasinski movie that just came out um, is, is doing super well at the box office. And from all accounts that I've heard, it is a very, very solid movie. Uh, so, like, there there are elements of things that I would like to see more original. Um, however, that being said, I, I would differ on you in the sense of uh, I agree with Kanan in, in basically what he said was this is not the same thing as Ghostbusters. They're not – it's not a situation where you had a director who they gave carte blanche and he just decided to uh, essentially – just omit 
all of the, well, in, in this case, the other two movies uh, with Ghostbusters or what would have been the other three movies with the Oceans franchise in which, you know, we just turned Danny Ocean into Danielle Ocean and and just mm-hmm. made, you know, a whole new universe. Uh, like, I, I think it is different. I think the fact that they, I, and I think the, the response would be different if they had done Ghostbusters that way, if they had made a movie in which, you know, the main character was like Dan Aykroyd's daughter and yep. you had these slew of other characters. I think the reaction would have been different. Um, but the fact that you had these egregious cameos and you had the whole backstory of like Bill Murray not wanting to be involved, but, you know, them kind of twisting his arm to like make a cameo and all that, like all that noise, I think that hurt them in the long run. I think had they made a great film, it wouldn't have mattered but the fact that they made a mediocre film, uh, it got more hate than it probably deserved because it kind of seemed like it was just bastardizing the whole, you know, legacy of Ghostbusters 1 and 2, whereas this is just adding on to it. And so I agree, like, like what Kane had said, again, like you have his sister who is also into you know, burglary. Uh, it is burglary, Kanan, not robbery, because there is no, um, uh, I'm trying to quote Ant-Man. I can't remember the exact line, but there's no, uh, there's no physical harm intended. Uh, so like you have another burglar, uh, in the family. And I agree, like, it's, it's cool. Like it runs in their blood. Like that's what they do. Um, and she puts her team together and I, I agree with you, Kanan. I think, I think it could set up, like, if this is the hit, I don't think it's any coincidence that they made this Ocean's 8. If this is a hit, there will be an Ocean's 9, there will be an Ocean's 10, and then I think there will be like a crossover where there's like an Ocean's 14 where it's, you know, half of uh, Danny Ocean's crew and half of Sandra Bullock's crew, and, you know, they all culminate into like a, you know, uh, a group together, and then we might even see Ocean's 15 and Ocean's 16. Like, it, it very well could end up like that if it is successful. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't really care. I'm not going to see it in, in theaters because I, I, like I said, I, I really enjoyed the first movie. The second, third, yeah, they're, they're okay. Like, they're not bad. They're they're by far better than average uh, as far as movie making goes. Um but uh, but I you know I'll, I'll wait till it comes out on on Blu-ray. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I do think it'll be a hit. I think I think people like Kane said like people love heist movies, um, and people love Sandra Bullock. Like don't sleep on Sandra Bullock. People love Sandra Bullock. Uh, so I think she was the perfect casting as far as uh, for for Ocean Sister. Uh, and I yeah I, th- I think it'll be a I think it will make uh, double its budget at at the very least, which will definitely mean it gets a sequel. Fair enough, fair enough. We shall see. Um, Gavin, what are your thoughts on Ocean 8 trailer? Ocean's 8 trailer, I believe it's called. Yeah, but what are your um, thoughts? Well, I'm going to agree with with, uh, with the two um, who, I mean, it's not a movie I'm going to see in theaters, right? Um, yeah. I think the trailer, it brought more humor. It, it really kind of showed the development of a little bit of the storyline. I think there was some spoilerly spoiler stuff included. Um, you know, however, I do 
I do love the cast. I mean, Sandra Bullock's fantastic. Anne Hathaway is great. Sarah Paulson, phenomenal. Mindy uh, Kaling is, is great. Rihanna, I mean, I think she's going to be everything that she's been in. People have loved her. So, I mean, the, the cast is built to be successful. It's not going to be just kind of, I'm going to disagree with you, Juwan, on, on, you know, picking up the storyline and, and just placing women in it. I, I think that the connection, you know, having the estranged sister uh, to Danny Ocean, I think that that connection is going to be ultimately what gets the audience past that feeling of just kind of a female reboot, I guess. Um, I think that that connection is going to be important. And I also think that that connection is going to be played on more than just a mention, um, you know, to kind of solidify that this is building on the original story. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that it, I, with Nick, I think that it's going to be, uh, you know, it'll make double its budget. Um, there'll be people clamoring for a sequel. Um, this cast alone probably merits a sequel. Um, and I think it's going to be successful. I think it's going to be, you know, uh, I don't know, $40 million at the box office maybe. I, I don't know. It, it's going to be... It's gonna it's gonna do well, but I don't think it's gonna be. It'll be more than that. It's, well, it's not something that I see being the you know biggest hit um, twenty eighteen. I don't think it's gonna be a Get Out. I don't think it's gonna be uh, anything that that's popular because it's not so much original. However, I think that it's still going to be somewhat successful. Yeah, it's a safe bet, and I I would I don't know, Kanan, you you have a better even though you were kind of being self-deprecating with your box office numbers earlier, like you have a much better grasp on box office than I do. Um, I would, I would suspect it makes at least 300, maybe $400 million. Um, oh, I was just referencing the weekend. I wasn't, yeah, not total. Oh, no, 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 no. first just, week opening yeah. weekend. Okay. Yeah yeah. 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 But yeah, domestic opening weekend, 40 million. Yeah. That's, that's probably a good bet. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, this, this movie probably will do, uh, its numbers. It has a cast that definitely will intrigue people enough to, uh, to buy a ticket. So uh, yeah. Juwan, why do you hate right. women so much? I don't. And again, I, I want, <laughs> sorry, I want Dave's and I here. I had to do it, man. <laughs> I mean, I just feel, I just feel as though we have too many things to where it's like, it's trying to compare itself to something else rather than just. Like, I'd love more all-female original films. Like, I'd love for a director to give us an all-female film of something we've never seen before. That's yes. what I want and for will, females, rather than will. following in the footsteps. Agreed. Hold on there one second, because we just got that with Annihilation, which was a, a female-led cast. It was, you know, this, this new, it was a totally new concept for a movie. Um, and it, it flopped. And from all accounts that I've heard, it, it's a pretty good movie. Like, it's 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 sort of ambiguous, and, and maybe it's not for everybody. But, like, it, it, it from what I've heard, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, and it's it's a very, like, heavily-led female cast, and, and it flops. So, you know, I, I, I do agree with you, um, but on the same level, I understand why they would want to kind of be able to make it and tie it into oceans. And, you know, again, like uh Kanan said, uh, you know, it's not it's not quite the same thing as the Ghostbusters thing. They're not 
they're not, you know, just doing away with everything that we know. They're just building on top of it, which I think is, is very smart. I think, if anything, they probably either learned their lesson or, or had that idea from the get-go. So I, I do think there's a little bit of differ, differentiation there. But, but ultimately, though, Joanne, I do agree with you. I think, I, I think original ideas, that, that we need to get more of them uh, in Hollywood for sure. Yeah, that, that, that's the only point that I'm making. Um, but all right, we're going to do a speed round, guys, uh, to finish off these last few topics. So very, very quickly in our responses, we're going to go over a few topics. We're going to start off with um, our resident DC uh, analyst, Kanan. Uh, talk, us, talk us through these Aquaman reshoots. Well, uh, I, I, the, you know, from what Juan was saying is that the reshoots aren't anything serious. It's really just to, um, you know, add some new characters. Uh, one of those characters being um, Dr. Stephen Shin, uh, which is going to be played by uh, Randall Park. And uh, if anybody's not familiar with uh, Stephen Shin, he is a uh, marine biologist. And uh, he's a friend of Tom Curry. And he actually, in the comics, he actually mentored um, Aquaman, you know, a little bit. Helped him, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of helped him with his powers, you know, when he was coming into his own. So I think that's going to be, you know, really interesting, kind of wondering where they're going with that. Um, I I do hope that these reshoots aren't removing, um, you know, something you know, something really cool that people have saw in the, uh, in the test screenings a, a while back. But, uh, Juan says these are just, uh, uh, to, you know, really add us some new characters, but I did see that, uh, photo, uh, Amber Heard put out, um, her and her Mara costume. So it does look like she's going back to film some additional scenes, um, as well. But, uh, you know, I guess Juan had to come out, squash any, uh, rumors before um, they got heated because you know anytime DC and reshoots are in the same sentence people immediately start to freak out and you get all kinds of clickbait articles um, but uh, you know I'm glad they're adding Steven because he is a part of the comics and uh, um, you know it'll be something interesting to see his relationship with uh, Aquaman in the film yeah no absolutely and uh, like you said James, uh, James Wong was smart to get ahead of this mainly because Last time we heard of a superhero movie in reshoots, it got pushed back a whole year and a half. So he just wanted to kind of let everyone know that doesn't go around. Uh, that's not going to go on over here. So we're not nope. new mutants. Uh, but very quickly, uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on these Aquaman reshoots? Every movie has reshoots. Like, if people make way too much of a deal about reshoots, and I – I don't know. I, I think probably what happened was they, they hit the test screenings and there were parts that people said they didn't like. And so they said, oh, well, let's, let's try to, you know, sew up a few strings and, you know, make a better movie. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Every film does that. That's how the film industry works today. And I don't think that should be anything ultimately of concern. Now, what would be concerning is if they were reshooting the whole movie like they're doing with Han Solo or reshooting more than half the movie like what they did with Justice League. That doesn't seem like what's going on here, though. Yeah, and as long as that's not the case, I'm fine. Because, again, cough, cough, new mutants. Um, But, Gavin, (laughs) what are your thoughts on uh, the Aquaman reshoot? Uh, Kind of the same as Nick. I mean, every movie, you know, nowadays is doing the reshoot reshoot thing to kind of better themselves, right? I mean, 
you look at Deadpool, there was there was talk of Deadpool going through reshoots, and that the second test screening was better than the original movie. So, I, I mean, I don't think that there's anything to panic about, unless, like you say, they're they're reshooting a majority of the movie and just kind of making a whole different feel. Um, you know, that being said, Aquaman has always been one of my favorite DC characters, and I think that if there's something that they can reshoot. Um, to make that film what it should be for the fans, I'm on board. Uh, I'm not panicking at all uh, hearing that there are reshoots going on. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to projects like this, because I trust James Wan so much, I just look at it as more so cleanup rather than, like, yep. actually, you know, reworking anything. It's just, just uh, you know, to clean up a few things. He uh, took the movie to the shop. He's just getting a few things worked on. Uh, but, all right, let's talk a little uh, Titans. Uh, we got some set photos. Uh, that people are going insane about. Um, Kanan, <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, since you are the guy who had to experience all of the complaining, uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the initial Titans live-action um, set photos that we got? Um, I thought it was really cool that we actually got to see um, some uh, new behind-the-scenes images. Uh, I know that um, a lot of what we saw was out of context. Um, but it was cool to be able to see, um, you know, just what's going on with the film. Because, you know, other than the Robin uh, official photo and the Hawk and Dove, uh, we really haven't been able to see uh, much about this film. You know, there's been a couple of things that got leaked, like that set uh, um, uh, piece or that uh, piece of paper or whatever that was kind of like talking about the breakdown of the, uh, the film and stuff like that, which gave the clue that Jason Todd was going to be in Titans. But other than that, we hadn't seen any behind-the-scenes images. Well, last week, a whole slew of images came out. And, you know, we saw Beast Boy with just green hair. Um, and we saw Raven uh, just kind of in some uh, goth-looking outfit. Um, and people just jumped, and, and we saw Starfire in her uh, undercover outfit, uh, you know, from what I was be- you know, from what I've been told. And people just took that out-of-context stuff and immediately started crapping all over the show. Um, saying, oh, you know, it's another dumpster fire, this, that, and the other. You know, why ain't they got the budget? But we talked to Ryan Potter, and Ryan Potter said this show has got uh, a movie-type budget, that DC is all in on this, and they're spending a lot of money, that the production was as good or uh, better than what he's worked on in films. And I personally... I didn't realize all the hate that Anna Diop was getting for Starfire, but she actually came out and, and spoke out against it. And after reading some of the comments people made, it's disgusting. I hate that she's having to go through this uh, because this isn't the first time. I think when she got cast, people uh, started attacking her. And this is like the second or third time she's actually came out and, and spoke out against people uh, on the Internet, kind of uh, talking down to her and just saying a lot of hateful type stuff. But um, you know they did. They took a they took a, uh, an image of her way out of context and 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 it blew up. But I think once everybody sees the the time and effort that goes into the visual effects for this, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be great. We wouldn't have gotten those awesome images of Hawk and Dove and Robin if they weren't gonna put time and effort into this. Yeah, and I mean we we also have to remember it's it's a set photo, meaning that yeah. they're filming it. So nothing's done. I mean, if people want to complain about that, let's not forget 
when Age of Ultron was being filmed, it was Ultron looking horrible, looking almost exactly like Megatron on someone's body. But that's not what we got when the movie came out. So if you're not going to give that crap, can we allow them to finish, like, shooting it before we try to complain about something? But anyway, uh, Nick, what were your thoughts on the, uh, the set photo of Titan? I mean, I pretty much agree with Kanan. I mean, I think uh, the I think it's way overblown. Uh, like you said, Kanan, it's just a set photo. We don't know the context of what that photo means and how it ties in with everything. It's one thing if you watch a show and you're like, wow, this is bad. Uh, it's another thing if you're judging something off a set photo. Uh, we don't know what the progression of these characters will be. Uh, how they'll look in their in their finalized you know kind of costumes or anything, um, and you know I've seen I've seen I've seen all the memes that are like you know animated and then they show the set photos and then they you know post like the best cosplays that you've ever seen of each of the characters, and it's like dude like I get it I I, I get that like if that's how they look in the end. You're you're a little disappointed because uh, you know they don't look exactly how you want them to look. But I've never been one to care about that. Like, the story and the characters and everything else is so much more important to me uh, than you know whether they look exactly like their comic book counterpart. Uh, so yeah, I I I think it's nonsense. I I think uh, people should uh, you know. Just take take any kind of set photo you see with a grain of salt, and uh, you know if if you really really want everything to look exactly like it does in the comic books, I get it. Like it, it that's fine. That's your that's your speed. Uh, but like at least wait until uh, you actually see the end result uh, before you fly off the handle about it. That's all I think yeah no i completely agree with you uh gavin what were your thoughts on the Titans set photo so i'll admit when i first saw it i it kind of made my jaw drop and i kind of got pissed that it, it it wasn't looking up to what it should be right but then yeah. and, I, and i think that, that that stirred from from panic from when i saw the costumes from inhumans um and that directly yeah, translated to a total crap show um and i think that that started from that but then it dawned on me that the costumes that i saw for in in humans were on promotional and marketing materials so that was already done this is a set photo and, and you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt we don't know what the finishing what the finished product is going to look like we have no idea their process we don't know what you know what's happening in a still image um so it made me kind of step back and realize, okay, well, this is a set photo. I don't need to freak out. It's not marketing materials. It's not promotional materials. There's still time. You know, there is a big budget behind this. So maybe, you know, maybe it'll turn out okay, and we just got to have faith that, that they know what they're doing. If this was marketing materials and you saw costumes like this, everyone has a right to freak out. Totally understand, understand that. But it's a set photo. And we don't know the background behind what we're seeing. So um, take it with a grain of salt and hope for the best. Uh, yeah, well, last thing I'll say before we move into our Infinity War hour, 
um, is this. Remember, we did get promotional photos. Nightwing, uh, Hawk, and Dove, and they looked phenomenal. They looked movie caliber. So it's right, like, they looked why great, would you... So we just need to wait right, to, so to see. That's what I'm trying to say. So, so everyone that freaked out, it's like, all right, well, you saw how great they looked there. Why do you think that they'd go cheap now? Like, they go cheap on the more uh, expensive uh, characters, which would be a Beast Boy, a Raven, and a Starfire. So, to me, I thought nothing of it. I just thought um, this looks like whatever uh, they're shooting is going to be a lot of fun, mainly because if Beast Boy is green, how are you having him just walk the streets with green face? You know what I'm saying? Starfire looking with green eyes and everything. Like, how is that going to play out? They're on the streets. Right. So, to me, I didn't think anything of, man, this looks unfinished. I thought more so of, like, when they're done with it, how is this going to play out? Like, how is this going to translate to where it makes sense that you just have this guy who's green walking on the street like that's normal? Uh, right. So that was more so where my mind went because when they gave us the official look of Nightwing, I remember saying to myself, this looks dope. So I have no concerns. And I believe, Kanan, correct me if I'm wrong, we actually spoke to the costume designer of Titan. Um, yeah, and, we did. You know, Shannon. Right. So it's like when you see what she did with Hawk, Dove, and Nightwing, have a little bit more confidence that that's going to go around to everyone, not just those three characters. Um, So let's move on to our Infinity War hour. Uh, We're going to start off with a topic, and then we're going to kind of go into some theories and thoughts that we have for Infinity War. We're going to start off with our first topic being – uh, Russo Brothers said Hawkeye's absence in Infinity Wars marketing is intentional, mm-hmm. and his story arc is a long play um, to what's to come. To me, I loved it. I was one of the you know people in the beginning when they first started putting out promotional stuff that said, I don't want to see Hawkeye because there is no more Hawkeye. He is supposed to be Ronin now. So now that he is transitioning into another character, not another character, but another pretty much persona, I don't want to see it until the movie because I already have it in my mind on what I remember him looking like in the comics. So if I see it early, then, you know, I'll go into complaining or whatever. I'd rather just see it for the first time on screen and just go, wow, they pulled off Ronan. Um, so that's kind of where my mindset's at. I'm okay with him being left off. And I, to me, it's just one of those things where it's like, it doesn't make or break anything. Like you didn't really need Hawkeye on your promotional uh, images or anything. Um, but, Nick, I'll start off with you. What were your thoughts on what the Russo brothers said, and are, are you completely okay with the idea of him being left off uh, for now? I am glad you started off with me because uh, this story fascinates me so much. Basically, what they said was they left him off their marketing uh, plan because they have a long play. There's a story for Hawkeye in there, but it's a long play story. Uh, I mean, that's what one of the Rooster Brothers said. Uh, I think it was Joe. Um, But, like, dude, I love the notion of him being the Luke Skywalker of this movie. And by that, what I mean is Luke Skywalker was not in any of the promotional material for The Force Awakens, and he was obviously a, a quintessential part of uh, The Last Jedi. And I, I think that could be Hawkeye for 
for this, you know, whole series. Uh, first of all, Marvel has always kind of been known for having those down-to-earth heroes, whereas DC has been known to have the larger-than-life heroes. And Hawkeye just is, is the most down-to-earth hero. Uh, so for, for them to come out and say that, I, I honestly kind of feel like we're not going to get a lot of Hawkeye in this movie, but we're going to get a lot of Hawkeye and Avengers 4. Um, I think he's going to be kind of like this unsung hero that's almost not not necessarily the focus, but like there's going to be a lot more of Hawkeye in the future. Uh, and, and to me, I love Jeremy Renner. Uh, I think he's one of the top ten actors in Hollywood today. Uh, and I also think that he... Uh, plays that character very well. Uh, he was by far, to me, the, the best part of Age of Ultron. Uh, and I love the fact that, at least the notion in my head, that uh, he's going to be a big part of, of you know, the the future of the MCU, uh, and particularly Avengers 4, I, I think... The fact that they're leaving him off the marketing uh, side of things and that they've said what they said means there's a lot to come from them, and I'm just so looking forward to it. By the way, little tease uh, for Full Court Press, Indiana just beat Cleveland 98-80. to uh, Join us tomorrow night as we break all that down because that's going to be a whole lot of fun. But anyway, let me kick it back to you, Joan. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but yes, <laughs> make sure you guys do tune in to Full Court Press um, tomorrow night, but at 9 o'clock. Uh, <laughs> I will say um, I completely agree with you. And the Russo brothers, something uh, a lot of people forget that they uh, mention about Hawkeye is that a lot about his character and who he is now stems from uh, Civil War. So a lot mm-hmm. about him giving up being Hawkeye and becoming Ronan yes. all stem from uh, Civil War. They actually just came out and said uh, Avengers 4 will kind of answer the questions that were created in Civil War, to which I then yes. said, I didn't really know that I had questions about Civil War, but now I'm going <laughs> back and watching it like, all right, I have questions now. But uh, no, I mean, I, I completely agree to, to what you said, Nick. And uh, I always told you, well, not always, but I think I said this to you a while back. I think the long play for Hawkeye uh, will be, I always said I could see Avengers 4 ending to where, you know, they save the West day or Coast? whatever. Exactly. And, you know, yes. Scarlet or someone says to uh, to Hawkeye, so, you know, now that we save the Earth again, like, what are you going to do next? And, you know, he just said something subtle like, I don't know, I always thought about maybe moving West, West Coast or something like <laughs> yep. that. And then we would just yes. go bananas in the theaters. Like, yes, that give us the Netflix amazing. series of West Coast. Uh, West Coast Avengers. Uh, but, Kanan, what are your thoughts on um, what the Russo brothers had to say about Hawkeye's long-term uh, uh, play? Uh, I, I mean, I've been joking the whole time on Twitter, but I think he's going to be the Superman of uh, Infinity War, you know, that uh, they've kept him out of the, the marketing, uh, you know, other than a few uh, magazine covers here and there. Uh, but I think he's going to show up, and, it, you know, he's going to kind of be on his own journey, but I think it's going to be a crucial journey. Uh, I don't know how much he'll come into play in Infinity War, 
Um, but I think he'll definitely probably have a much bigger role in uh, in part four. But, uh, no, I mean, I really think that they're saving him for something. I mean, whether it's his overall look um, or, you know, he's, like I said, that they just don't want to show what he's up to. You know, a lot of people speculated that he's on the mission to find the last Infinity Stone. Um, and I, based on uh, the trailer that they showed, the TV spot they showed, I seriously doubt that is it. Um, I don't want to go into spoilers, but if you've seen that uh, uh, TV spot with Thanos and the gauntlet, then you know what I'm talking about. But, um, I mean, I think he's going to be uh, a crucial part. He's going to, you know, show up, but you know, I think they just like teasing him, man. He's always kind of been like the uh, the odd man out, so so to speak, when it comes to um, the Avenger movies. He's he had a you know a a big role in the first one, kind of the uh, antagonist being under Loki's um, spell, and then in the second one, um, you know, he's kind of the bridge. You know, he's kind of showing the Avengers that you know people have lives. You know, when he goes and meet their family, and then uh, you know, seeing uh, Quicksilver die, you know, that kind of, you know, had a little bit of an emotional impact on him. And he recruited um, Scarlet Witch. So, you know, he's he's been much more uh, of a, a part of the storyline than people realize. Yeah, and I mean, I think what's the most interesting about him is <clears throat> the way he left Civil War. I don't think he can go back to his family. Uh, because that's the first place the the government would be looking for him. Uh, but then again, he did say Shield helped him keep his family off the grid. But I'm pretty sure of what's left of Shield is kind of hand in hand with the government. But you'd think Maria Hill and um and uh, Fury would would help keep Hawkeye's family off completely off the books. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see where he's at. But I will say, Nick, I really hope what what you were saying is kind of what what happens with Hawkeye. I'd rather him be at the very end of Infinity War to lead into him having this huge role in Avengers 4, quite like Luke. Uh, I'd love it to be exactly like that, because if you think about it, and this is one of the things that upsets me so much about some of the heroes that we've seen in Marvel so far, a lot of these guys can't can't even shine the shoes of the Black Order, let alone Thanos. So it's like yeah. when you see the Black Widows, when you see the, you know, the, the Buckies and stuff, you look at it and you go, I get Bucky, but like Black Widow, I don't really get what your role could be because there's not much you could do going up against the Black Order or right. their minions or, or Thanos. So to me, it's yeah. like if you had Hawkeye in there, I'd be like, you have way too many non-powered people going up against these gods. And to me, yeah. I would hate that. So, yeah, keep well, Hawkeye and- away because maybe – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, and also, like, uh, to kind of piggyback off what Kanan said, like, maybe maybe his family gets relocated to the West Coast, um, and that's kind of the tease. Like, what are you going to do next, Hawkeye? It's like, I don't know. Well, my family got relocated to the West Coast, so I guess I'm going to go live out there. Um, like, that would be awesome. Like, that would be a super cool setup. So, like, yep. just, just I, I, kind of something else to throw in there. Right, I completely agree, and I think what's intriguing the most about them saying he's a long play is we still have no idea who the villain will be for part four. Like, a lot of people are like, well, it's obviously going to be Thanos. We have no idea. 
<laughs> we don't know that. We're assuming that. So that's what's going to be super fun about seeing what part four is and what everyone's role is going to be going forward. But, Gavin, uh, what are your thoughts about everything we've said and what are your thoughts about the Russo brothers saying uh, it's a long play with Hawkeye? Well, I mean, first of all, I agree with everything you guys have said. Uh, I think that the progression of this character leading up into Avengers 4 is going to be huge. And I think that he's going to play a big role in, in Avengers 4. Uh, if you look back at the movies that he's been in, he has easily been the character that has been under the most emotional strain, right? So, uh, you know, being kind of controlled by, uh, by Loki um, in Avengers. And then uh, Age of Ultron, he's kind of going back and forth with, you know, this is my family, and I'm out here with a bow and arrow. This doesn't make sense. But then in, in Civil War, um, you know, you don't see him until midway through the movie. He's quote-unquote retired because he doesn't want to make a decision about the Accords. Uh, he comes in, and, um, you know, he has a, a, a tense exchange with, with Tony Stark in, in prison. And, you know, he's he kind of come to the point where, he's kind of at a crossroads. He wants to keep going with, with shield and defending the world and the Avengers. But at the same time, he's also has, he also has his family to think about. So arguably the movies he has been in have been the most stressful on him and his personal situation. Um, I think that that stress and that mindset of kind of, I never used to be a war criminal, but now here I am, you know, hiding out from my country um, is going to play a big role in his character development going forward. I love the fact that uh, he's been off of marketing materials. It's a complete mystery. Um, Marvel's kind of playing games with where's Hawkeye. The Russo brothers are playing into it. Uh, fans are going nuts wondering where he is. But if you think about it, and kind of like what you said, Juwan, he is the most logical character to kind of leave out of the fray. Uh, he doesn't need to be on the front lines battling, uh, you know, the Black Order and their minions and Thanos. He, he just needs to be – he needs to be kind of have his own storyline in, in a bigger play, and I think that it's brilliant what they're doing. Uh, I think that this is the, one of the most entertaining pre-movie aspects of the Marvel Universe, um, and I think that this is going to be – He's not somebody you're going to clamor about when you see on screen. You're not going to freak out and cheer. Um, but you're going to be throughout the movie keeping an eye on where's Ant-Man, where's Hawkeye. And I think that that just I, – I think the way that they're handling it and the story that they've created surrounding this character without even knowing what it is is already brilliant. Right. And, I, I mean, uh, one thing that I like to explain to everyone, because a lot of people are asking where's Ant-Man – you're not going to see Ant-Man at all promotional-wise uh, as far as, like, the trailers and the TV spots, mainly because he has right. his own movie coming out this year. So they're kind of waiting Correct. for you to see Ant-Man, if he's even in uh, Infinity War, in Infinity War. Um, you know, because they kind of don't want to take anything away from the look or the feel that you're getting for the, the, the sequel to Ant-Man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's not forget, Hawkeye is a character in the Ultimate Comics that killed security guards with his fingernails. So since we haven't seen that Hawkeye yet, like him really expand to show everything that he could do, like we've seen Black Widow do, um, you know, I, I like that they, they have a long play for him. I want to see him as Ronan, 
with a sword rather than his bow and arrow just completely going bananas on people. Uh, so that's definitely something to look out for. Now, I want to get into something that I could not wait to discuss with you guys, especially you, Nick, because I know you have, you have great ideas about this topic I'm about to introduce. I want to go around to everyone, and I want everyone to give me three people they do not see making it out of Infinity War and very briefly give why you don't think um, they're going to make it out of the movie. Don't really go that much into uh, – that too deep into detail uh, so everyone can get their three out. Um, but, Nick, I'm going to start with you. What are the three people – or who are the three people, rather, you – uh, that that you see not making it out of Infinity War and why? I would go with, I know a lot of people have been speculating Iron Man, but I don't think that. I think he will make it. Um, I just think Robert Downey Jr. is, is, is too much of a, of a cash cow for them. Uh, and I think, I, I think he'll, he'll survive. I'm going to say Captain America. Um, simply because, uh, you know, in the comics, I mean, when when he uh, doesn't make it, uh, you know, the, the mantle gets passed on. So it either goes to Falcon or Bucky. Um, I think it would be more likely Falcon at this point because of, you know, Bucky's whole White Wolf uh, thing. Um, but it could still be Bucky. Uh, that could just be a, a, a slight comic book nod because they're not going to do the actual White Wolf, uh, so mm-hmm. uh, Hunter. Uh, but I, I, I definitely think that that Cap is going to uh, be one of the guys who does. Um, I would say Vision would be the obvious other person uh, because obviously he has stone said. Now we don't know if removing the stone, the infinity stone from his head is going to, you know, cause his death. We don't know that. Uh, that's, that's been speculated, but, but, you know, obviously we, we don't have an idea, but I could see a very uh, plausible situation in which, you know, they basically, ha- you know, have a situation where he, uh, almost kind of sacrifices himself uh, for Scarlet Witch. I think that would be very poetic. Um, I don't expect them to have children in this uh, incarnation of uh, you know the comic book lore uh, on film. Um, so I, I I think that you know that could be um, probably the most realistic second character. Now as far as a third character I'm at odds I would say probably the most realistic would be one of the members of the Guardians of the Galaxy just to give James Gunn like a little bit of uh, something to work with uh, in uh, his you know next film I'm not sure who of the Guardians would be, I would guess Nebula, uh, mainly because uh, they could they could very much play on that with um, with Gamora having uh, you know very much these feelings of loss and uh, you know obviously Peter having lost his mother 
um, would, you know, try to kind of help her through it, and it could kind of almost cement their romance. Um, so I think that's very much a possibility. Uh, the other character, obviously, would be Drax. Um, I feel like that's a lot less likely, um, simply because I, I, I feel like, you know, his his arc would be very, very sad if, you know, he you know, he just wanted to avenge his family. But they could make it work in a way that he does both. Uh, so I feel like that would be my, my, my secondary character as far as the Guardians go. Uh, but I, I feel like it, the, the, the third character will definitely be a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and we will feel that in Guardians 3. I like that. I like that a lot. I was saying to the guys, uh, to Kanan and Gavin beforehand, that Guardians 3 is supposed to take place, I believe, before Infinity War. Uh, it still takes place because Guardians 2 um, was like three, I, I can't remember how many years before uh, something James Gunn was saying, but we know that Marvel, <laughs> very subtly, the, the, the timeline, some of the times just doesn't really add up. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- that could be something to, to definitely look for. I'd say out of all of your, your picks, Captain America is the one that stands out to me the most because of the iconic, uh, not scene, but the iconic uh, part that we got in the comics of Captain America and Thanos face-to-face with Cap pretty much saying, right. I don't like bullies. Uh, yeah. And Thanos is looking at this guy like, you have no idea that I'm going to kill you, do you? Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's... Not really ending the best uh, for yeah. for Cap, if I remember correctly. So um, that would be uh, an interesting way. And I could see it in the movie, uh, the Russo brothers, because of their love for, for Cap and uh, with where they've taken that character. I could see him yeah. saying to, to Thanos, Thanos just like wailing on him, and him saying, do you give up? And Cap just smiling and saying, I could do this all day. And then Fuck, Thanos yeah. just giving the, the final blow, and then that, that's all we have of Cap. Um, but and it would be uh, oh my god! Everybody in the theater would be bawling, like we'd all oh, be yeah, fucking absolutely. crying our goddamn eyes out. That is absolutely undoubtedly true. Because if, if you think about it, we got that line in the first uh, in Cap's first movie. Yep. We got that line mm-hmm. again in Civil War at at mm-hmm. at the most at the at the peak moment of that movie. We got that line, yep. and then to get it right before he dies would really bring things full circle. And if oh, you're yeah. a true fan of either Chris Evans or Captain America in this universe, you you should definitely be crying when that when that part comes on. Uh, if that Damn part right. happens, sorry. That's a that's a um, that's but, a Logan moment right there. Oh absolutely, absolutely. Um Kanan, what three are you killing off in Infinity War? What three am I killing off who who I think is going to die? Uh, yes, well sir. first and foremost I think uh for sure and with no comebacks uh, War Machine is going to die. I think War Machine um, will be a legit casualty uh, that not even the Time Stone will bring back. Um, I do think uh, Captain America will die, uh, but I think based on set photos that we've seen from Avengers 4, I think the Time Stone uh, could bring him back um, to, to some degree. Um, and I... I I don't see if I, I think, who else? Um, I don't think Falcon, I don't think Falcon will die. Um, I do think there will be someone, you know, if it's not Captain America, maybe 
uh, Spider-Man. I don't think it's going to be Tony at all, just because we've seen him, uh, you know, in set photos for Avengers 4 as well. Uh, I think it could be Spider-Man. Nebula had a big part in, uh, in helping defeat Thanos in the comics. So... I don't know if she will still have that same role, um, but I could definitely see her being uh, killed off as well. I don't think that they're going to kill off any of the main Guardians. Like, I don't think Gamora is going to be killed. We've already seen Groot die. Um, Okay, so those those are my three. I think it'll be Captain America. It will be War Machine. And I think we'll see... hmm, Nebulous. Well, I will say to to you and Nick, because you both had mentioned Nebula, I will say Karen Gillian about two, maybe three months ago, did say that the Russo brothers told her that they had plans for her character uh, going forward. So she said she was shocked because <laughs> she said she didn't think her character would be alive this far. So I don't know what that means. I think her death is too on the nose. Well, I'm not spoiling anything. I, I mean, yeah, you are. It, it I didn't know that information. Now I'm not thinking. Now I'm thinking she's not gonna fucking die. <laughs> well, I mean, she she could. Fucking she dick. Could, she could. She she could die. Like I said, what if Guardians Three takes place before Infinity War? That could be maybe what what the Russo brothers meant. Like she's she she'll still be on screen because she she's still part of the Guardians. But as far as this. And, and, and what we're building here, maybe um, she will die. Bitch, Who knows? Trying to recover for yourself. I'm just saying. Sometimes a lot of these actors say a lot of things, and then we see the movie, and then it's the total opposite. So who knows? Maybe she was saying that so we don't, you know, think that she's gonna die because she's the most obvious. Um, that's all I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> okay. um, I think she's too on the nose. Uh, just like everyone feels as though Stark is too on the nose, I think Nebula is way too much on the nose, mainly because if she died, no one would really care. And I don't think she affects the story uh, of Infinity Wars that I, much. She'll affect Gamora. I disagree, and I think she'll I, I think I think we would care because of Gamora. I think we all well, at I'm, this point have an, an, an attachment to Gamora and how it would affect Gamora knowing that, you know... In Guardians 2, they finally kind of bridged the gap and were so close to, to you know, being sisters again, and they weren't quite there. And then if she dies in this and they never quite get there, like, that's emotional. It's like, it, it, it's like if you have a family member who, um, you know, you, you, you get estranged from and, you know, you, you kind of rekindle, uh, you know, like you, you uh, make amends with them, and then, you know, all of a sudden they were to die? Like, that that would be horrible. That would be so yeah. emotional. I think that would be, no. I don't, so I agree with you in the sense that I don't think we would care as much about Nebula, but I think we would care how it affects Gamora. Right, but what I'm saying is the effect on Gamora would be long-term. Like, we wouldn't really see it play out. The, her third movie, it wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't think, really focus I think we too would, much on, I think on we Infinity would get, War. I think we would nah. at least get a little bit of how it affects her, and I think it would carry over to how it affects her 
later on, um, which, think, which would be the bigger the story... thing. But like, I, I, I do think it would, I, I do think it would be prevalent as to how it affects her in 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 Infinity War if they were to go that route. I think the story is too wide, is 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 too big for a character that small for for them to focus on the effects of Gamora in that movie. I think in Guardians Maybe. Three is kind of where you want to showcase like. This is what Gamora's had to go go through, watching her father kill millions and then watching her sister die. Because we know if, if uh, Nebula dies, she'll die doing something to protect uh, Gamora. That's probably yeah. the, the, the more likely way she goes out. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So I think, I think we'd see it in the long play as far as Guardians 3 more I so think than you Infinity would at least War. I get, like, a two-minute-long scene of, like, just just – you know, like a, a super emotional moment between the two of them as Nebula, like, lies there dying. Um, I think th- that's kind of more what I, what I was getting at. Um, but, you know, maybe you don't. I don't know. Um, it's it's it, it's all a fucking crapshoot. Who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. Who knows? It's all up in the air. Um, I'm going to leave you for last, Gavin. I'm going to throw in my three uh, really quickly. Um, I'm going to go Hulk. I'm going I'm going with someone that isn't on that many people's radar mainly because I could uh it was already said by Mark Ruffalo that the Hulk supposedly fears Thanos in this movie. And I honestly don't think Hulk would die by Thanos. I think uh if Hulk dies in this film it's going to be by um Obsidian. Uh the that huge uh that huge um monster creature that uh is part of the Black Order. Call Obsidian, I think, is uh, is his name, but that's also the name of the group. So a lot of that doesn't make sense. But that is his name. I think he's going to be the one, because you can't have the Black Order come in and they kill no one. Because then it's just like, all right, you kind of really wasted Thanos' children. Like, you have to show to the, the highest degree of what they're capable of. I mean, they're technically Thanos' hitmen. They go out and they, they do the bidding of Thanos. So you have to have them kill someone even if it's a smaller character, but I see Call Obsidian being the one to take out the Hulk. I'm also going with, um, <clears throat> excuse me. By the way, Kanan, I didn't mention it when you said it before, but that's really effed up that you had Rhodey lose his ability to walk. Now you're killing him. That's really fucked up, bro. Yeah, he hasn't even really had, like, one of those great moments in the MCU yet. Um, and, and you're already ready to kill him off. That, that's really messed up. Um, but the second person I'm putting up there. Well, uh, we got to stick together. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Come on, man. That's exactly (laughs) what I'm thinking. Uh, Made me lose my train of thought, focusing on how messed up that was, man. Um, (laughs) Jeez. Um, I am going with Vision, but not because of the removal of his stone. I feel as though Shori is going to help him remove the stone for them to then try to hide it from Thanos getting it. Um, I think Vision will die in that battle of Wakanda, and that will force Wanda. It seems like the only time Wanda can really get the full potential of her power is when someone dies. We saw that in Age of Ultron, haven't seen it since. So I think uh, her power is fueled off of emotion. So I think having Vision die in her arms uh, because of whatever, uh, Thanos more logically being the the reason he dies, I could see her really standing, trying to stand toe-to-toe 
uh, with Thanos. I could see Scarlet Witch using her full power to completely destroy all of the uh, those creatures that we saw in Wakanda, Black Panther, and them fighting. Um, and then ultimately Thanos just, like, giving her, like, this crazy uh, shot, whether it's, like, a hit or a slap or something, and, and kind of knocking her out. But I see Vision being uh, the second person like to that. die. I and like my third lot. person, my third person to die, I'm going with that I haven't heard anyone say, I am going Gamora. I, I and the reason why I'm saying Gamora is um, when I when I originally saw the Comic Con trailer that came out, uh, I think last year during D D23, uh, there was a scene in that trailer where you just see Quill standing, you see him tearing uh, a little bit. And he's just like, oh, my God. And he's just standing there lifeless. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's because that's when Thanos comes out of the portal or whatever. I don't think it's that. I think it's Thanos has Gamora in his hand. Um, and he's saying how much of a disappointment she turned out to be. Uh, and her, you know, trying to get a final blow on Thanos and him completely taking her out as Peter stands there uh, helpless to do anything about it. I could completely see Thanos taking out not just Nebula, but Gamora also for James Gunn if Guardians 3 takes place after Avengers 3 and 4 uh, as far as uh, timeline-wise. That would really be something tough for James Gunn to really create a story around because Gamora, I would say, to some degree, is the heart of the Guardians. Um, and, And for you to completely take her out would be something not only super ballsy of the Russo brothers, uh, but super ballsy of the Marvel Universe. And uh, I think that would really hit us a lot, like you were saying, Nick, to where we're just like, man, I really Damn. enjoy Gamora. And Thanos yeah. just, just took his own daughter out. And I think yeah. it would come full circle because if you see in the trailer, you see the story of how Thanos went and got her, how he raised her. You've heard her tell the, the horror tales of how much she hates him, how much she's tried to get as far away from him as possible. Um, and I can see it coming full circle, Thanos feeling the betrayal during the first Guardians, and then him feeling the betrayal of her actually trying to stand against him uh, in battle. Excuse me. That would really silence the crowd to where everyone's like, all right, anyone is fair game now. Like, they killed off Gamora. Uh, that would, and I that don't would bring the tears. That would definitely bring the tears, and I would like it if they didn't bring her back. Don't bring her back. Have that be a death that stays and so you show how how devious and how truly evil Thanos is because without blinking an eye, he killed off his two daughters. I think that would really sell to the crowd and to people who aren't comic book, uh, you know, uh, readers or who hasn't really followed the full MCU. They'd be like, wait, that was his daughter and he just killed his daughter without even thinking twice about it? That would really get the, the, the casual uh, moviegoers like, man, this guy is truly evil. So my three are the Hulk, Vision, and um, Gamora. Uh, so before I go to you, Gavin, I'm going to just really quickly go to Nick and Kanan and see what their thoughts were on uh, my, my three. Nick, I'll start with you. Yeah, that Gamora one would be devastating. That would be just man like i mean that's kind of what i was angling for with nebula um basically that like it would be like captain america would be the big kill uh and then nebula would be the emotional one um from her perspective um 
but yeah, I mean, like you just went balls to the wall, dude. I mean, you fucking killing off the Hulk. Like, I mean, th- that that could be crazy. And I I do kind of think you have a point in that, like maybe Thanos doesn't like he didn't have to be the one to kill everybody. Like maybe part of the Black Order killed somebody off, and we're like immediately invested in the Black Order. We're like, damn, these guys. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I could, I could see it. Uh, I, I doubt they'll kill off the Hulk, um, especially given the response that everyone had from, like, I'd say what you want about Thor Ragnarok. I think everybody enjoyed the Hulk from that movie. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that would be the one thing that I would be like, yeah, I don't know if they'll do that. Um, but nevertheless, like, if that was, like, the first death that happened in that movie – uh, dude, like that, that would be just crazy. So like, and if, if, and I feel like that's what they're going for with this movie. They want us to be like, Oh my God, time and time again. And yeah. if you started it off with the Hulk. Like if he, if, if like, you know, he busted out of that suit, uh, that we're all speculating that he's in, in Wakanda. And then, you know, just, just got downed. And like just like got killed immediately, like we would all be like, oh my god, and and all the characters would be like, oh my god, like we've never we've never seen anybody as powerful as him, and obviously like this isn't even Thanos, this is like right. one of his legions, like how how the hell are we going to combat these people? Um, and I think that would put a lot of context in it, and I think it would be. Uh, hey, like as far as as far as like how you have it constructed, uh, like I'm I'm down with it. it. It it's pretty it's pretty dope. And I mean the the Kevin Feige said uh, he was asked and some and he said this uh, someone that was that was interviewing uh, interviewing him. Uh, he was responding to uh, the question was pretty much about the the death in this movie, and he said all I'm going to say is. Uh, people should be very mindful of, of, of you know, uh, of what they've been asking for. Like, people have been asking for extreme, uh, you know, like, actual – what is the word I'm thinking of, Nick? Jeez, um, uh, I can't Emo- think of the word. Um, emotional, uh, um, uh, consequential. Yes, 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 extreme consequences, because Marvel has lacked that. Like, all the heroes always survive. And people are like, well, it's against Thanos, so everyone can't survive. And Kevin Feige right. is pretty much like, you're damn right, and they won't. So, I mean, I think the Hulk would be something that would catch everyone off guard because he's, he's someone you'd think, all right, he's, like, super strong, so he's one of the ones that you can't kill the Hulk off. Nope, you're wrong. He's gone. You know what I'm saying? Well, and not uh, to mention, and, I, I, would, I would agree with you, too, in the sense of, like, they don't, they don't own the rights to make, you know, his – Solo movies, right? So there's not much more you can keep doing with him. Exactly, like they've they've kind of littered littered him in where they can, um, but ultimately, like they they still have to go through Universal to make solo Hulk movies. Um, Right. So I mean, it just all depends on and you know what what you think you can still do with the Hulk, in, in like in a in a supporting role. Uh, and and maybe they're just like nah, like let's just let's kill him off and make it like 
this this like crazy oh my god how could we ever fight this type moment right. uh, so yeah, yeah no i mean I, I i think that's a that's a super cool pick and i would have never thought to have picked it yeah i thought i i'd, I'd dig into my bag of uh full court press and go with um <laughs> what do we call them <laughs> with your, with your hot, hot take, take? <laughs> yeah i came I like in with it. my hot take um but I will say, uh, b- before I, I let you go, Gavin, um, my, my dark horse is definitely Wong, and I think Ebony Maw is going to kill Wong, uh, and, and that's going to affect the Doctor Strange story. Uh, because we, we're sure. focusing on the main Avengers. We're not really worrying about the other teams and the other characters that are being brought into this world. And I think Wong is definitely a character that we don't see survive this, uh, because Ebony Maw is a more of a mental threat. So if you see what he's doing to Doctor Strange, I'm pretty sure he can take out Wong, or someone of the Black Order will take out Wong. Um, By the way, Dwan, Gavin, I, I, go ahead. Yeah. But just before you pass it to Gavin, um, after Gavin goes, I want to I want to give him his moment. Uh, but uh, I want to do an over under um, on how many people die in this movie. Oh, like perfect. Main characters, like it, it has to either be a main character or a supporting character. But I wonder. I just want to know what everybody's thoughts are on how many total people die, like Wong or like Nebula, blah blah blah. Like how many people die in this movie? But anyway, uh, Gavin, what are your thoughts? Who are the three people that you think, uh, three more main characters that you think will will uh, bite the dust in this movie? Well, I, I, just to kind of respond to what Juan, he uh, his three. Um, I, I think that. Gamora dying, that storyline and how it impacts the Guardians would be an incredible thing to watch on screen and I think would give added depth to the Guardians that many fans complain it's lacking. Um, I think that, you know, the Guardians are the bunch of misfits that group together and become a family and you haven't really seen anything huge impact them um, yet um, besides the death of Peter's father who you know, he had just know, learned about and just met. But I think that that storyline would be incredible, and I think that James Gunn could definitely work with that and create a masterpiece around the emotional response to Gamora and Nebula's death or one of the other. Um, as for the Hulk, I think that he, uh, like Nick said, he was he was the – the bright spot of Ragnarok, right? He's learning to speak. He's growing. He's, um, you know, he, he's becoming kind of like Groot where you see, you know, he's growing. He, he can now, um, he can become verbal. He can communicate. He's, he's funny. He's, he's that added, um, that added spice to the, the movies where whatever movie he's in, um, that makes them, uh, that just adds to it and makes them pretty great. I think that you will see, a death involving Hulk, I don't think you will ever see Bruce Banner on screen again. Um, so in that sense, I think the quote-unquote the Hulk will die, uh, or the Hulk will live and Banner will die. Um, that's what I could see happening, is that he just never is able to phase back to Banner, and he loses all control, and he's Hulk forever. That, to me, could qualify as a death, because Mark, Mark Ruffalo is such a lovable character, uh, or actor and and Bruce Banner is such a lovable character in the in the movies. As for my three, I mean the the obvious one is Loki, but I'm not even going to count that one. Um, 
just because I don't think, I mean, he's only been in, in every single one of the promotional materials, he's only been really in one scene. Um, That could be kind of a ploy or it could just be telling that his story is going to come to an end. Um, My three, and I'm not going to include Loki, I think Captain America will die um, because of what Chris Evans has said about wanting to get out, but also um, I just think that it's kind of poetic for him to go out in some heroic way like you guys were mentioning before where he's like, you know what, I can do this all day and he's stalling or saving someone's life or, or, or giving the Avengers an opportunity to create a plan to ultimately destroy Thanos or whatever. I just think that his death in, a, in an extremely poetic and well-done way would be super impactful um, and would make everybody realize that Thanos is not one to be messed with. Um, I will also say my Guardian's pick uh, is Drax. Um, I've always been a big believer that any character that has revenge in their heart, it's um, it's not going to end well. Um, revenge in your heart and, and and being overcome with revenge, is it makes you do stupid things and makes you do things that aren't smart. Um, if you've seen the leaked footage, you kind of see that already out of Drax uh, in, in, at Nowhere. Um, and so I, I think that he'll do something stupid that will ultimately – and with his death, that'll be a huge impact on the Guardians because at the end of Guardians 2, you started seeing that sort of connection they all sort of had, right? You you know, Rocket was realizing his faults and um, kind of having a, a meltdown moment or, or, or coming together moment, so to speak. Um, Drax and Groot cuddled up. Um, Mantis and Drax had that back and forth. Of course, Drax and Peter always have some witty banter. So I, I think that that, in, that death would impact the Guardians tremendously, and I think it fits the storyline. Uh, I don't think it's too on the nose. Um, it's on the nose, but I don't think it's there with killing off Nebula. Um, so I, I think that uh, that's an option. And my third, uh, I'm actually going to say Black Widow. Um, I know she has a solo movie coming out. Um, I know that we're not naive enough to sit here and say that Marvel is only focusing on the future and with the rumor that they're moving completely into a cosmic realm it could be more of a pre a pre um, a Avengers pre shield type of movie for Black Widow um, and I just think you know going back to what we said about you have these you know spies that aren't necessarily super powered going up against um, going up against the Black Order and Thanos, and I just think that that sort of death at the hands of the Black Order in some way or another uh, would be super impactful for the Avengers and kind of close that door um, and also adds at the same time to the Hawkeye storyline um, with Hawkeye being extremely important important in Avenger, Avengers 4. I think that seeing his arguably best friend die, uh, you know, that we're learning about it will somehow impact him and push him in the direction that the Russo brothers are taking his character. Um, so my three are, are cap because I just think that that's, it's just the right, the right way to go. I, I, I hate to see him go because I, I love the character and Chris Evans is the captain America. I mean, tremendous casting on their part. Um, but it's just poetic the way that he, I can see him going out. Um, Drax, I think is an impactful death. Uh, and I think has more of an emotional pull than a lot of people are expecting. 
Um, I think a lot of people view Drax, and as a passionate Guardians fan, um, a lot of people view Drax as kind of just, for lack of a better term, the asshole of the group. Um, but I think that he's developed a lot of connections that are super deep and may not be right there on the surface that will impact everybody extremely. Uh, and then Black Widow just, I think that that makes sense. And I think that's the impactful death at the hands of the Black Order. Yeah, no, I, I, I could completely see that. Uh, I would say to your, to your Drax pick, um, I think he kind of learned. I do know what footage you're talking about, and we won't go any further than that because I know a lot sure. of our listeners are like, I don't want to hear anything about that, but I do know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I do think Drax learned his lesson from the first Guardians where his, his need for revenge almost got uh, the entire team killed when he uh, summoned um, the uh, whatever oh, that guy's Ronan. name was, Ronan, uh, to, uh, to, to nowhere. And Ronan almost killed Drax and everyone there. So I think he learned a little bit from that. But then I'm kind of contradicted by saying that because of the, the footage you're referring to. So even though right. that would be uh, that would be a death to where it would affect the Guardians a lot, my only issue is the average moviegoer. I don't know if it would affect the average moviegoer, only because we haven't really seen – like we've seen Peter grow. We've seen Rocket grow in Guardians 2. We've seen Gamora grow. I think Drax has been more of a slower uh, growth. Uh, so maybe and, these two Avengers films and Guardians 3 is where you really see him completely grow uh, as a character. But go ahead, Nick. I would, I would just say I would posit that, like, there's not – yeah, the team would miss him as a whole, but there's not a direct emotional connection from a character to him. Like, when right. when when Groot died, like, obviously Rocket was the direct emotional connection – when, uh, when, um, or uh, I should, if Gamora dies, like there's, or Nebula, like Gamora would be directly to Nebula, Nebula and, and Star-Lord would be directly to Gamora. Um, like it, it would create more of a direct emotional connection, whereas Drax, I mean, it, it would be more of a team connection, um, but not, not direct from a particular character. Now, that doesn't mean they couldn't portray it in a way that was just, like, the whole team mourns him. Um, they could totally pull that off. Uh, but I don't think it would... I agree with you, Juan. I don't, I don't think it would have quite that impact that well, some of and, these other characters that we've thrown around would, would have. Sure, but I, I, my, response, my response would be, keep in mind that there are years between Guardians 2 and Infinity War. And we, as viewers, don't know the connection, the additional connections and the additional family atmosphere that the team has created. And I think that, you know, Marvel is is famous for referencing one line or using one line to build a future off of. Uh, You saw it with Captain America where he says, I can do this all day. A very, very little line, but it's so impactful and it means so much. I think that line for the Guardians was when they were standing at, on Ego's planet and Nebula says, all you guys do is yell at each other. There's no way you're friends. And Drax says, you know what? You're right. We're family. And I think that something like that, that Ooh, mentality, because he's, right. really he's really been the only one that has called them a family yes. before that movie. 
Um, You're so right. I, I think that I think that there's a development there, and then Marvel could also play off of the storyline. And I don't think they're going to dive too deep into it, but I think there's going to be a reference to it because there has been in the past two Guardian films. I think that you build off of the the sad situation surrounding his wife and daughter, and I think mm-hmm. that building around that or even just referencing it briefly in a way that makes that death impactful for those who don't know about Drax, for those who aren't guardians or passionate about the guardians, um, you know, the casual moviegoer. I think that they could do it in a way and they've, they've done it before with Quicksilver where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't really know much about the character other than he's related to uh, Wanda Maximoff and he's super fast and they're connected because they're twins. Uh, and him and Hawkeye have had a back and forth. Very brief establishment, but that death was still impactful because he sacrificed himself. And I think that with everything that Drax has said about the Guardians being his family now because he lost his, uh, and then playing on that as well as playing on um, his family, I think it would be super impactful for moviegoer, casual moviegoers and for the development of the Guardians going forward. Um, I, I just think that you know, Joan, you and I were talking about a, a, a very brief clip in one of the newer TV spots where you see Iron Man holding back Peter. Um, and Peter is obvious. Peter Quill is obviously distraught, crying, pissed off, wailing. Uh, you kind of get the sense that he's flailing about trying to get to somebody, and it's assumed that it's Thanos. I think that a lot of people in the back of their minds are like, oh, that can't be Drax because they're not really all that connected and they kind of have a butting heads relationship. But isn't that the relationship of a brother? I mean, you butt heads with your brothers all the time or your siblings all the time. And I think that that instance where Thanos kills Drax brings the feeling and the passion and that family focus to the forefront of Peter's mind, realizing we haven't always gotten along, but we're still family. And holy crap, I can't believe this just happened. We just lost Drax. Additionally, there's not really much pull to Drax as there is Gamora or Peter or Groot or Rocket. And so I feel like he's kind of expendable to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but I think I mean, he has enough of a backstory that that death will be so impactful just because of the family element. As you were saying that, what I was queuing up in my mind was uh, them being on Thanos' home planet, Drax running after Thanos, Thanos, you know, grabbing him by the throat, and Peter going, you know, uh, you know start kind of going, we got to get out of here. And Peter's like, I can't leave Drax behind. And Drax just kind of looks at Peter and goes, it's okay, this is what family does. And then right before uh, Thanos takes out Drax, Drax goes, uh, will you at least acknowledge that you killed my, my family? And Thanos, just in complete evilness, just goes, I don't even know who you are. Just dismissing Drax and his family and the fact that he had his family killed. And then the last thing Peter sees before Doctor Strange gets them out of there it's Thanos, you know, obviously not showing the, the audience, but you hear the sound of Thanos, like, maybe snapping Drax's neck or something like that. So I, I No, you, see... would, you would more likely see it than hear it. That, that, that hearing it would be, the, would, would, would be the R rating that you don't want to have. But <laughs> or, okay, nevertheless, yeah. or, your or, imagination, or Juwan, it, like, given every scenario, your imagination is, like – just garnering um, a, a, like an extreme emotional response from me every time you go into a scenario. <laughs> like I'm like sitting here like, oh my god, dude! Like no. 
I will say, uh, like, maybe you should uh, venture into screenwriting. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but, no, I, I will I, say I, from, from the comics, uh, Thanos is known for, uh, when it comes to him and Drax, knowing how much Drax's family meant to him, Thanos is known to brush off Drax's right. family, uh, you know, in, right. in, in a hole. So, you right. know, well, it would be I, typical I think, Thanos fashion. Go ahead, go ahead, uh, Gavin. Well, and I think it, it could even be a scene where Thanos references the team and how kind of referencing or uh, going back to the Avengers where a Hulk slammed Loki around and said puny God and walked away. It could be something where Thanos is doing something similar where he's, you know, yeah, you guys suck. Like, this hasn't been a fight. This is this is too easy. You guys are, are awful. And to demonstrate that, um, you know, grab Drax by the throat or, you know, over his head or something, a scene that you know is, the whole, you know, he's holding the, the destroyer over his head, the same scene that's going to be visually just, oh, my God. And then, you know, when, you know, Drax says we're not, you know, it doesn't matter what you say, we're family. Or, you know, something that just makes that come full circle to his comments in uh, Guardians too, I just think there there is the possibility with the, the with the death of Drax that it could have an extreme emotional reaction from everybody. Yeah, no, that that you make a really good point. Uh, and and now that we've talked it out, Drax does kind of make a lot more sense to me. But we only have two minutes left, so I'm going to go around really quickly. I'm going to start with you, Kanan, because I haven't heard you in a while. Give us a number of how many people you think die in Infinity War. Uh, I'm gonna say three. Three, maybe okay. four. That, that's including with uh. That, go ahead. I think Loki will die, so that'll be uh four. I think four. Okay, cool. Um, Nick, uh, how many people you think die in Infinity War? I'm gonna say five. I think five is a is a nice number. Um, it's it's like you'll get like three main characters and two kind of sub main characters that 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 bite the dust. I'm going to say five. Okay, Gavin. Um, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say four. I'm going to say four. Uh, I, I'm kind of under the assumption that you're going to see the whole time going back in time or alternative universes happening in Avengers 4 so everybody could die. For the sake of argument, I think it's four. I think it's the four that I named. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm going to go six. I'm going to go six people die, um, and I'm going to say three of them actually stay dead. No, 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 four of them actually stay dead. Um, okay. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, a person that I didn't name as part of my list because uh, I, I needed a lot more time to go in depth was I do think Thor dies, but not in, in, in the mm. dying way of how everyone else does. I think he'll ascend to, to Valhalla uh, to be mm-hmm. with his father. I think that is uh, the most logical step for Thor to make. But then again, who knows, because I, I, from the success of Thor Ragnarok, maybe they change their minds and want him to stay on to do more things with Thor. But thank you, everyone, for listening to our episode. I'm going to say 46 till Nick proves me wrong. Thanks to everyone who listened. Um, thank you, Gavin, so much for joining us. Don't worry, everyone who loves uh, Gavin. He will be part of the Geek 
Vibes Nation universe going forward, whether it's through his writing or him being on a show. So stay tuned for what we have in store for Gavin. Thank you, Kanan, Nick, and again, Gavin. Um, and make sure you guys tune in to Full Court Press tomorrow at 9, and stay tuned for when we will have Joe Morton on our show uh, to talk a little bit Justice League Terminator and Scandal. Suck it, Joel. Um, but, yes, uh, shout-out to Dan and Joel who couldn't uh, be on the show tonight, but they will be back next week running out of breath. Thank you, Geek Vibes Nation, and we will see you same time, same place next week.